0: Twenty minutes a day, 365 days a year.
1: This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
2: Welcome back everybody to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. It is yet another Saturday and for the first time ever we have our official saturday trio together it it is jason Perrone myself and i was swapping back and forth between paul Brettle and mark Eckel, but i have them both with me and we will now be your every saturday trio so we'll start with mark on the east coast we'll go by time zone mark you're first how are you doing over there
1: i'm good how are you guys
2: doing well very good and paul how is this you know here we are in week one well we're almost at the end of week one so how are things going
0: uh going going well. We're adjusting and learning how to function with less sleep, but uh it's it's a very very cool experience and I feel lucky. Yeah, you look you look very refreshed for a new <laughs> like dad. Yeah, so
2: congrats so congratulations Reagan Brettell, beautiful baby. And uh the newest addition to the Packaday family. So Yes. All right. So the draft series continues. We are less than two weeks away. Gentlemen, I just saw, I I have been so pre, sorry, not pre, I've been so consumed with everything else going on in the world that I completely lost track of time and didn't realize that we were as close to the draft as we are. And I, it, it gave me some nice excitement the other day to realize that we're coming up really close to it. And so our series, on kind of, previewing some of these position groups is going to be coming to a close soon because it's going to be the actual draft but we have drawn cornerbacks so we're going to talk about cornerbacks and I want to I want to thank Mark who did a fantastic job of doing some deep research on this year's class and giving Paul and I some good guidance on who some of the top names are so Mark kudos to you and in fact I'm just going to kick it over to you and kind of I'll let you kind of lead this thing off because you had it. You pointed this out weeks and weeks ago before anybody was talking about it. Corner could actually end up being a sneaky, uh, really fruitful position in this draft.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I talked to a guy that was an, an, well, was an executive in personnel been uh, helping me out with my draft stuff when I was covering the Eagles on a regular basis for, for years. So I, I put a call into him again this year, just to, I told him I'm doing some other things and he was always kind to help me out and, when we got to cornerbacks, he said to me, "You know, everybody's talking about wide receivers. This the cornerback position is the is the deepest position in in this draft." He said it's he thinks it's deeper. He he, he listed fourteen to fifteen names of guys that he thinks can come in and start as rookies. That's huge. That's, that's a lot of corners. Yeah, start as rookies. And he said, "You know," and he and again, it's a lot like wide receiver in that he said, "You don't need to take one in the first round because the guy." Number twelve, say you know the guy that he has twelfth best, isn't much different than the guy you have third or fourth. So, depending on and a lot depends on your system and what you like. Some some teams like the Packers, although they they did stray from it a couple of years ago when they took Alexander, won't take a certain height. You know, there's a there's a height requirement. Some teams want more speed. You know, so depending on who you like and what your need is, you might get the guy you want a lot later than. Then you should be basically because other teams are going to take somebody else. But there's there's a lot of them. There's a lot of corners, and I think the Green Bay Packers can can use a corner and may get one at you know in the third round. You can never,
2: yeah, you can never have too many. Is the old adage, never have too many good corners. And Paul, I know you've been doing some draft preview stuff for Cheesehead TV and Dairyland Express. So as far as that goes, we were talking a little bit before the show and we mentioned, obviously, Kevin King, whose contract is coming up. We don't know what the team's going to do with him. So what have you been seeing as far as corners? And is that a position that you've also kind of focused on amidst all the other hot ones like receiver and quarterback?
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's a, a position that needs to be addressed during the draft. As Mark said, I don't think it needs to be round one, you know, unless you got a Christian Fulton or C.J. Henderson that happens to be around at 30, but it's a sneaky need for this team. You know, when we think of or hear or see the mock drafts, it's receiver, linebacker, offensive tackle, which in their own right need to be addressed, especially tackle, uh, looking for that future position. But there's a lot of question marks around the cornerback room in 2020 and perhaps even more so in 2021. I mean, we know Dyer Alexander's a stud. Kevin King has an injury history, had the breakout year last year, but he's a free agent next year. And you know who else is a free agent with him? Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, Kenny Clark, and Corey Lindsley. Mm-hmm. So out of those five alone, he might, or is likely number five on that list of uh You know, him and Aaron Jones would probably flop. But he's at the bottom of that list in order of importance to re-sign. And so there's the possibility that he's not back next year. So after those two, then we have Chandon Sullivan. He emerged over the second part of the season last year. um, Played really well. And obviously we hope that he can carry that momentum over. But it's still an unknown. Um, You know, can he, with full reps, take over? And likely I think there would be the slot cornerback role if Tremont Williams isn't brought back. You know, how is he going to perform at being that guy on a week-to-week basis. After that, there's Josh Jackson. Um, We know his story. He struggled to see the field a lot. I think he played about 10% of the defensive snaps last year, and when he was on the field, the results weren't very good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after him's Kadar Holman, he flashed in the preseason, but once again, it's the preseason. He's still a relative unknown. So out of that group, if we look at it collectively, you, you see the potential that's there, but that's putting a lot of lot of weight and hope into guys that we just don't know about and if it doesn't pan out uh it could get ugly and then the injury part as well you know last year they were fairly healthy but we've seen you know go back the last 10 years and it seemed like most of those years the Packers secondary just got decimated with injuries um so i think it's a i think it's a need third fourth round or so so depending how the board falls
2: yeah well okay so that list of guys that paul just rattled off there mark how do you feel about the cornerback position in terms of going into this next season and even the season after
1: oh i agree with paul 100 percent. i mean like you said alexander's there and you know he's going to be there for his trump pick he has a few more years left as well but yeah kevin king's a guy that i like a lot and when he is healthy i think he's played well but he's going to be a free agent and if he was the packers only free agent i wouldn't worry yeah they're going to sign him but as paul pointed out you got kenny kenny clark's number one you got to do something there back to you, 1a after that is how much money's left. I mean, unless they can get they can get King done now, maybe on a less than a market contract if he's willing to take less now, maybe you do it and then Corner eases up a little bit as a, as a need. But you still need one because, like like you said, Sullivan came out of nowhere. I I I remember him with the Eagles. The Eagles cut him. I mean, he, he's been he's an undrafted guy who's already been been cut once. Uh, Yeah, he played well last year, but he can turn back into that guy that gets cut again. You know, I mean, we don't know. And, you know, like I said, Holman didn't play at all last year, so we don't know what he's raw. They need – they corner is, I think, the second – I'll say the third biggest need on the the team behind right tackle and wide receiver. Well, the the, the other
2: safety net, and this is not a fix, but the other safety net that the Packers currently have is, if all else fails – they could bring Tremont back, Tremont Williams back for one more year, but I don't know. I mean, he was good last year, but you're not bringing him back to be the guy. You're bringing him back to be a body.
1: And a mentor.
2: And a mentor, right.
1: I wouldn't mind mind drafting a guy and bringing him back to mentor the guy that you just, you know, because he's a great mentor.
0: Yeah, Paul. Yeah, and then then there's just the stability that Tremont brings. You know, he was the nickel corner last year. Um, You know, if they bring him back, channon sullivan maybe starts out the year there but if things go south and injury happens you got someone that you can rely on who may not be in as in his athletic prime but he's a smart player and those instincts and intelligence and football iq are going to carry him a long ways and you know just it it gives the packers a safety net at a key position just by bringing him back and um it it isn't going to break the bank either
1: they haven't done it yet but but no one else assigned signed the meters. That's still available.
2: Well, I like Mark's idea. I mean, obviously, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of stack it up with defensive backs, and he's not a defensive back, um, or I, I shouldn't say he is a defensive back. He's not listed as a corner. But one guy that I'm a huge fan of, and I don't necessarily think he has to, to come at the 30th pick, is Antoine Winfield, which is he's more of a safety um, not a not a cornerback, but if they went that route earlier than everyone is expecting them to, I wouldn't hate it because it's, it's a position that's going to creep up on them, and it's a pivotal one in a passing league. So if we turn to the list right now, the obvious first name on everyone's list, and I only say obvious because it's the name that we see first almost every single mock draft or in every conversation, and that's Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State. So he's currently mocked as the top corner. We've seen. We talked before the show. We've seen him, uh, you know, mocked as early as the third overall pick. Um, I don't, you know, as as some of my my friends and colleagues have said before, don't ever assume a guy's not going to fall because a guy could potentially fall. But I don't see any way the Packers are going to have they're going to have Okuda staring them no. in the face at thirty. Mark, I don't know what your thoughts are.
1: Uh no, uh, no, that's no, <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Is no, he's not making the thirty. If he makes it to seven, it'll be it'll, it'll be a, a, a shock.
2: Right, um. and, and Paul, as far as what you've
0: seen from him too, is he is he a top ten talent?
1: Um.
0: It's a good question. I think the weight of the the cornerback position carries a lot of that, um, but he's a guy that can fit into any scheme, and you know he's been mocked to the Detroit Lions. I think in just about every mock draft since they first started coming out, and that just fits. They lost Darius Slay. They're in a division with Allen Robinson and Devontae Adams. Their defense let them down last year, um, so I think it makes sense. And yeah, he's definitely going, you know, probably top five at the at the minimum. So last week, Mark, you brought up a good point about
2: the the over under on certain conferences and having first round picks. And one stat that I saw about Ohio State corners uh, since 1999, they've had ten corners drafted in the first round. There haven't been any other schools with more than five over the last 20 years. So that pedigree, you know, the 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 pedigree at Ohio State for corners seems to be good.
1: And and they and they could have two this year because. Um, Damon Ar- Arnett is a guy that I have him on. I think I have him fourth or fifth on my list of top corners. So depending on how, again, depending on if the certain team likes him, you know, he could be a guy that he, he may last into the 20s. Um, you know, he's pretty good. He um, he could. I mean, he's one of them guys that's going to come in. He's pro you know he's not as good as as a Kudru, but he's but he can play and he you know he he ran well at the combine. I, no no I'm sorry. He did not run well. to
2: combine. Yeah, he no. Yeah,
1: did not run well to combine, and that could that could put now he could be there at third, but I don't know if I want a corner at third. He ran think.
2: a he ran a four five six. Um, yeah. The 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 book on him is he he presses well. He's scrappy. He does get a little bit emotional. I, I kind of, re- I'm reading this scouting report that, you know, he can get beat deep but so can any corner. And then he's best suited as maybe a, a zone corner. And I'm like, is this like Tony Brown on steroids? Not literally, <laughs> but that I I mean, I don't, I don't know, Paul, what's your take on our net while we're talking
0: about Ohio state corners? He had a really good uh, season last year, but the other knock on him, he's going to be 24 before the rookie season, before his rookie season begins. Um, I don't think the earliest I could see him going is probably round three or so, because I think that's a big aspect of it. Um, but, yeah, but he had a really good season, played in the slot and out wide, so he's versatile. But I think the testing and his age will knock him down a little bit. Mark, you're, this the age thing is going to come up a lot. and And
2: I, I don't remember, you know, up until the last 10 years – hearing a lot of and i don't know if it's changed i mean ha, ha, has the average age of of rookies coming in gotten older or are we just hearing about it more because the analytics people have taken over the, the process
1: a little bit of both um you also have young guys coming you have guys coming out who are very young sometimes and it is amazing it's amazing that this guy's come out of college is he 24 already paul or, or he'll turn 24
0: he's, he's turning 20 turns
1: 24. 24 and how old's kenny clark 24. <laughs> He's been a league how many years? Now? <laughs> yeah. That's like how's that happen? <laughs> did, did Kenny like get skipped in school when he was young and his kid stayed back a lot? I mean, what happened? How's that <laughs> happen? Did Kenny Clark's four. I, don't know, I, I it baffles me sometimes how things work. I guess, but um he did. He to Arnett's credit, he stayed four years in school at Ohio State. So he is a senior, which there aren't many seniors. Most guys coming out now are juniors. um So that that's one of it. He's not a guy I I don't I don't see him as a Packer fit anyway. Now let's um somebody got like here's the, the guy I like even I might like him and my the guy I talked to likes him just as much as Okudra is CJ Henderson from Florida. Who I think's a first round pick. Um he ran very well at the combine. He he he, he ran a four three nine and he's six one two oh four. That's that's a pretty good size speed ratio.
2: Yeah, he he ran a sub four four like you said, and when I watched him, I liked what I saw. He's he was in the wherever the ball was, he seemed to be there. So he's he's around the ball a lot, which you want obviously for a corner. He uh, another stat that stood out was he was only uh, charged with giving up two touchdowns over the past two seasons, and actually those both took place in twenty nineteen. He didn't give up. He wasn't charged with any in twenty eighteen so that's playing that's a very
1: good point in, in the sec that's pretty impressive
2: playing against top competition now his tackling at times was an issue but corners coming out of college i don't care there's plenty of plenty of guys that are going to learn the nfl and actually one of the things that i think if you have to put a knock on henderson it's that he's a good college corner but he's likely to see the best footwork and route running that he's ever faced in, in the nfl but you could say that about any corner that's coming in so sure there'll be an adjustment period and as i talk about what's between his ears is important paul have you done any any looking in at cj henderson and and seen anything
0: that stood out to you yeah i did i agree with mark i think he's number two behind okuda um tested really well to combine super speedy guy and he, he mirrors the receivers really well um you know he, he would be a good fit for the packers just being able to step in as an outside corner and man coverage um which is what mike Petton loves to play so that would be a great draft pick if he ended up happening to be around 30 but i'm gonna take yep. a guess and i don't like playing that he won't be their game but that's what i'm gonna say for this <laughs>
2: Yeah. So then, okay. So interestingly enough, we've mentioned Christian Fulton from LSU a couple times, but we have not yet mentioned Bryce Hall and Mark on your list, Hall was listed just above Fulton. So I don't know if you see any That's kind of a gap between these two.
1: That's been altered a little bit, by the way. Uh, when I, when I got back to my guy, he moved. Fulton is now three on I guess whatever he looked at since then. Uh, but Hall's he likes Hall a lot. Hall's a guy that isn't getting a lot of, from you know national or whatever he's he's considered not in that top five or six but he my guy likes him a lot he's he's again he's big and strong he's 6'1 200 um physical um he might be more of his own guy uh but he but he's he makes you know he's again coming out of for, virginia's now they're not ohio state when it comes to corners but they've turned out some some corners in the in in the past now and um he can come in and play, he's, he's ready, he's intelligent, um, he can come in and play, he's, he'll come in and play as a rookie, I think. I mean, he's a guy that, that, that can come in and start for you.
2: He's a guy that I think is going to be, it's going to be important to see which team he ends up with and what they ask him to do. So he had, one of the reasons why we might not hear as much about him is he actually had season-ending ankle surgery in mid-October, so he wasn't even able to finish this last season, but... He's got like you said, he's got the good size, good length. He's he's around the ball a lot. I think what his biggest weaknesses that I saw consistently were his his deep speed, his speed keeping up with the deep ball and then the transition off of press coverage. So maybe more of a of a zone guy, you know. He only he only put up eleven reps at the combine. Take take that for what it will. That may mean nothing to you or it may mean something, but he did lead in 2018, he had 22 pass breakups in a full season, and I think he I think he led. Uh, I don't I don't know if it was the full uh, FBS, but I think he might have led his conference. That's quite a few. Yeah,
0: and I like um, I like what Mark said about Bryce Hall as well. I think that he could end up being a, a you know a nice good value pick in this draft. I don't necessarily know he's going to be a first rounder or so, but many or not many, but I saw some. Um, you know, articles saying that last summer before his injury took place, there were a lot of scouts that had him with a first round grade. So I think whoever does end up getting him is going to get a good value pick on that. And to what Mark said, I, I do think zone is going to be best for him. But at Virginia, they played a little bit, played a little bit of everything in that defensive secondary. So he does have some, um, you know, reps in man. But I like his game a lot. He's big. He's got the big wingspan for all those pass breakups that you brought up, Jason. I think he's going to be a good value for someone. Immediate impact player. Sure. And then if we move on to Fulton at LSU, the big thing
2: for me, Mark, you and I have talked about this before, is whether or not, uh, well, maybe we haven't talked about it a ton, off the field stuff and how you feel about it. Because he ran, a, he ran well. He ran a sub 4 five forty. Uh, in 2017, he was suspended for submitting a false specimen for a drug test. So he's a top, you know, he plays at a top conference on a top team. This was three years ago. You know, I, does that still, you know, Mark, I'll start with you. Does that still stick out to you? Or are you still, obviously, got to do your due diligence, but does that make you nervous?
1: A little bit. Not, 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 cr- I mean, yeah, like, again, you have to, that's why. He- when they when you interview guys at the combine and you or you know you break them how you can't bring them in but when you talk to them whatever you ask them about that what was that all about you you, you look into it you talk to the coaches there um, it doesn't throw me off him because I think he's still a pretty good player um, uh, the Packers seem to stay away from guys like that though and I don't and that's not a bad thing to do
2: yeah and we're gonna hear I mean I've already heard about some athletes that are you know I've heard some teams have Tua off their board completely I mean some teams just don't want to touch an injury issue or an off the field issue or or anything like that but again top competition top corner he's uh, you know he stays well with a wide receiver when when um, he's his back is to the ball which is something that gets a lot of young corners I can't stop when I when I see that I can't stop having terrible flashbacks to the days of Ahmad Carroll and how grabby that guy was. And now I'm going way back and digging way back into the crates. But uh,
1: That was a, that was Mike Sherman at, at his best. <laughs>
2: uh, it's probably one of the reasons why he's not your favorite Packers person.
1: He's my least favorite coach of all time. All time, yeah. <laughs>
2: wow. So, so Paul, as far as Fulton. Now, Fulton, I haven't watched a whole lot of, of tape on. He obviously, you know, he played in a
0: national championship game. But uh, any thoughts on him in particular to add? Yeah, he's another one of those guys like uh, Okuda and Henderson, where uh, zone man, press man, he's going to be able to step in and um, you know be a starting caliber corner in any really defensive scheme. Uh, mirrors the uh, the receivers very well. One thing, he only had two interceptions, um, so have to wonder a little bit about the ball skills, but overall, he's a very good corner. Um, but like Mark had said, with uh, in terms of his off the field, that is typically something that the Green Bay Packers do stay away from. Now, if he's available at 30, um, I still don't think that, uh, I don't know, that's a tough one because he, <laughs> he played well on the field, but um, he's a very good player.
2: So then... We move on to, finally, we get to the Crimson Tide. Alabama's been feeling really left out of this, of this <laughs> list and a late entry to it. Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama. He's one that I don't have a whole lot on. So Mark, I'll turn it over to you. And, and did you get any notes from
1: our yeah.
2: eye in the sky on Diggs?
1: I didn't. He doesn't like, I believe, I mean, he told me I have to, he have to include him because a lot of people do like him and, he, and he's going to get drafted high. Um, but he just thinks he's not as good as the other guys. He said, you know, and I'm listen. I'm an, I like. I'm an Alabama fan, so it pains me to say this, but Alabama cornerbacks, a lot of them have been disappointments in the NFL for whatever reason. I don't know. I'm not sure why that is, but um, as good as all their other players turn out to be, sometimes like, you know, wide receivers, whatever linebackers, um, their corners. Maybe it's the scheme they play that helps. I don't know, but. Um, i i think i I don't want the packers to take
2: (laughs) sure uh paul any thoughts on Diggs and his fit in particular with the packers
0: um i think that he could fit in terms of playing uh, the the press coverage but um it's interesting what mark had said from his um from his source because uh you know, if we look at the other guys like Akuda and Fulton, they're just they're very very smooth in what they do—the quick hit turns, the smooth feet. Um, from what I've seen though, with Diggs, is there's times where he can kind of look clunky, um, you know, heavy feet, um, just doesn't transition well in in turning or following the receiver. Um, so I can definitely understand where um, the, the Mark Source is coming from and not being a big fan of um, what he's put on tape. But uh, a lot of people love him, and he's going to go, you know, within the first couple rounds.
2: Okay, so of the guys so far, this is kind of like, and I don't, I don't know, Mark, if you agree, if we draw a line here at Diggs before we move into the second tier of corners, um, but of the guys that we've talked about so far, which one, and I guess maybe we take Okuda out of the conversation, because although we don't want to, you know, he could be there, but we assume that he won't be there. Which guy would be best suited as a Packer? Mark, we'll start with you. Of the guys
1: we've we've talked about? Yep. Oh, I would, I would stop, I would stop traffic, drive to the airport, and pick up CJ Henderson and get him, to, and get him to Green Bay, and as fast as I could. But that's not, I don't think he's going to be there either.
2: <laughs> sure, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement I think
1: there. That next year, I think our next, the second half of our show, that's when we're going to talk about guys the Packers might might,
2: might get after. Paul, which one of these guys is, is your guy?
0: I agree, CJ Henderson.
2: So from there, we move on to the Pac-12, which of course brings a little sparkle to my eye. So out of Utah, Jalen Johnson. Ran a four, I think he ran a four five forty. Um, he is actually a decent press corner. So press corners coming out of college are not easy to find, and even the ones that are good in college don't necessarily start out being good in the NFL because again the footwork is completely different. I mean Devontae Adams breaks a lot of ankles, so when you get to the NFL level, it's going to be going to be difficult. But one of the things about Johnson that stood out was he. Uh, communicates well. So he could be a guy that's got that leadership acumen. That tells me a little bit about his intelligence level and his athleticism seems to translate to the field really well and he's he's a willing tackler. He's he's pretty decent in run support too. So that's that's what I had on Johnson. Paul, have you done any work on him or saw anything else to add?
0: Yeah, um, all the things that you said. He's also really experienced, been playing since he was a true freshman. And one thing that I noticed um, just from reading up on him, Um, perhaps more so than what I did on others is he really takes the time studying the tape you know as a student of the game because there's been a number of quotes from him you know throughout his college career where if he comes up with an interception he would refer back to how he saw that on tape and was able to you know process that at you know at the line of scrimmage before the snap and kind of diagnose what was happening Um, so I mean you love to see that and I think that that's definitely uh, an aspect that the Packers would be would be drawn to. Sure.
1: All right. Mark, any thoughts on Johnson? And I like Johnson. I think he's a guy listen, the Packers well, at least under under Ted, I don't know. I guess in the last couple of years, they always get a Pac twelve guy, right? They mm-hmm. almost always get somebody out of Pac twelve. Yeah, usually. Uh they I, I think their their scout out there is a guy that is very well well respected. So um yeah, I I Jalen Johnson would if, if he's there, I, I don't know, can he he probably won't make it to the bottom of the third, will he? I don't. I don't think. I wouldn't he's, think so. Maybe move up. I mean, if, he, if he's there at sixty-two, maybe I don't know. I wouldn't mind him at all. I and I and I think he could come in and play the nickel right away. Which is, next year, as the Packers, that, next year the Packers need is a nickel corner, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Alexander and, and King are going to be starting outside. Sullivan, right now, I guess, is your nickel, but you would hope a, a high pick could beat out a. I the guy he got off the street. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would, if, if, if Jalen Johnson ends up in Green Bay, I would not be upset at all.
2: Yeah, and I think you probably have a point there. I mean, the first first round picks have always been a little bit interesting for the Packers, even transitioning from Ted Thompson to Brian Gutekunst, because we just never know what they're going to do, whether they're going to trade out or who they're going to pick and take. Last year, we had a huge surprise at twelve. Not saying that that's bad, but we just we just don't know. So, a position like this. Is it something that they would draft in the first round? They've done it before. Uh, they drafted Demarius Randall, and I think he was picked in the late twenties, mm. uh, the year that he was taken. So it's any—I guess anything is possible. But the they next,
1: have to defenses Should they have to? Well, yeah, they
2: do. I mean, they—they—they they, they do. But you know what we talked about last week too, Mark. Is in—it's in, not since uh, Derek Sherrod have they taken an offensive player in the first round. And That's they funny. took you know Sherrod and and Bulaga back to back, but those aren't skill players. I mean, the Packers have not drafted a skill player in the first round in I don't know um, how long.
1: Juwan Walker, right? Yeah, Yeah. You know. he was pretty good.
2: Okay, yeah, he was very good. He just you know he was a little he was he got a little uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I've actually met him in person. He's a really nice guy, but I I think I think uh, his head got a little too big.
1: Oh, like a lot of he became a classic, you know, prima donna wide receiver.
2: Yeah, he got he became that, and then he got hurt. In 2005, Sherman got dumped, and a bunch of changes were made, and he was traded to okay. to Denver. And then part of part of the trade yeah. for Javon Walker turned into wherever they ended up in the draft. They turned it into Greg Jennings, didn't it?
1: Yes, I think I believe you're right. Yep, that's that's uh, speaking of that and wide receivers. And well, another reason to really like Devontae Adams. He's not a prima donna guy. I know me. He's just a he. You know, he he doesn't play that. Wide receiver rolled it. most of them, not most, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of them do today. And that's another reason to really, really appreciate what, what the Packers have in him.
2: Yeah. And a lot of guys Adams got just absolutely torched in the, in the court of public opinion in 2015. You know, he just did not have a good 2015, but he had an ankle injury early that year. And I think that affected him, but it's, it's so weird to think back. And, and know that there were so many people that said, oh, forget it. He's a boss. We need to move on from him. And it's like, man, what a
1: mistake that would have been. Well, thank God the, the Packers didn't listen. Man. <laughs> yeah.
2: And and thank and thank God that the, uh, well, I guess the Vikings did okay for a while. But thank God the Lions and the Bears have not had defensive backs that can remotely cover Devontae Adams. So another guy, actually, so the next guy on the list here, this one is a guy who's a little bit frustrating to me because he's got everything you want in a corner. Then uh, that I'm talking about AJ Terrell out of or, or out of Clemson, four four two forty. That is very good speed, and he's got good technique. He the the problem with him though is that he's kind of the the opposite of. And I know it takes a while to get confident in the NFL, but he's kind of your say. Do you remember how AJ Hawk like didn't make a lot of plays on the ball, but he made a lot of tackles, and that's because he chose to make the tackle instead of attacking the ball. And that's kind of the thing I see about Terrell is that he's, he goes for the safe play instead of attacking the ball. So he's not going to give up, a, you know, he's not going to miss a lot of tackles, but he's also not going to turn in a lot of interceptions. So, Paul, I don't, I don't know if you have seen the same thing with him or if, if that makes sense to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has the good length, he moves well, man zone, I think he's capable of doing both. But um, I think the biggest knock on him is kind of the physicality that he brings to the position. I've also seen um, others saying that he needs to get stronger. So, you know, in the one-on-one situation against a bigger receiver, there's the possibility, at least early on in his career, he could could get bullied around a little bit.
2: Mark, any thoughts on
1: to add? Yeah, what did we talk about last week, Chase? About big games? How how, how do players play in Performing big games? Perform in big games, and whether or not that matters. Yep, he didn't play very well against LSU. He got he got he got torques against LSU. Right, and that worries me a little bit. That you know, listen, I I can't you know I'm I'm in the middle of Clemson. You know, I'm I'm surrounded by both South Carolina and and, and Clemson fans down here. So I see a lot of Clemson. I hear a lot about Clemson. And I got to say, I mean Clemson. They didn't play a lot of big games this year because the ACC – and that it's not their fault. It's not their fault the ACC was bad, but it was. So he didn't face a lot of top receivers and top competition until he got to L- – until he played LSU, and then he kind of, you know, came up flat in that game. So I don't – that bothers me a little bit. It's a really good point.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I think it matters. When the lights are brightest, how do you perform? So that's that's something to be – that. You know, like we said, there's always a guy in every sport every year that makes himself a ton of money because they have a big postseason, and even if they only show up big in big games, which you, you know is the, the the Eli Manning effect, <laughs> uh, yeah. then you know that's that's where you make your hay. So, so moving along here, the interesting thing now is we get into as we move into some of these these other guys, the speed is there. There's a lot of guys that have a lot of speed, but they're a little bit further down on the list because you know, that isn't always enough to get the job done. So the next guy on the list for me is I'm going to, I'm going to get this right. All right. Bear with me. Noah Igbenogany, I think is how you pronounce it. Igbe- I don't want glad you,
1: I-, I, don't, I want no part of him because I don't want to have to spell that name or say yeah. it. Noah say, I'm I'm Igbenogany first.
2: <laughs> out of, yeah, out of Auburn. So there's two Auburn guys. We got him and Javaris Davis. So Igbenogany, what? No, I, I blew it. Igbenogany, Ran a four four eight, Javaris Davis ran a four three nine. So they have speedy corners in Auburn. Um, we'll go with Noah. Uh, he is originally from Nigeria. Physical plays physical well. He only but he only played two years. So again, does does that matter? Is 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 that a thing? We talked about age, Mark. What are your thoughts about guys that have limited experience in college that test well, but then you're asking them to move into the to the NFL? Well
1: if you're taking a guy like that, you're not asking him to come in and play next year, right? I mean, you're asking him to be on, you know, with his speed and with his athletic ability, you ask him to play special teams, be a gunner Mm -hmm. and and work your way in. Um, And then maybe, and then again, he wouldn't be a terrible pick for the Packers later. I'm not taking him. I'm not even thinking about him until the fourth round. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe late there. I don't know because I don't think he can play next year for you. But if you do lose a Kevin King, maybe after a year of seasoning, you know what we forgot to mention talking about court Packers and cornerbacks, Jerry Gray could be could make a big difference. Very in whoever fun. they draft, and even Josh Jackson, and maybe you know Holman. I think Jerry Gray was a very good hire. I really do. I think that was a when when I saw they hired Jerry Gray, I was like, oh, okay, that could he could make a lot of guys better. He's been around a long time. I have a lot of a lot of re- respect for him. Well, I mean, I, I remember when he was a player. Um, but as a coach too, he's been around. He's been a coordinator. Um, he can help a young corner definitely. Yeah, that's um,
2: that's a little intangible that we didn't talk about there. And I I was and that's from somebody in myself that was a big fan. I was a fan of Joe Witt when he was in Green Bay. Maybe his time had come and gone, but that's that's a position that could definitely use a strong strong coach and leader. You know, running the the program there and running that position group. I think that's a good point that you make, Mark. That yeah, we hadn't mentioned. The, I mean, the the other thing too, and maybe this is something that he he works on with a guy like Ig Benogany. There we go. Uh, not he's not the swiftest in coverage. I think he got flagged quite a bit. Paul, I don't know if you watched any. I didn't watch a lot of film on him, so I don't know if you you've watched or had anything else to add on him.
0: Yeah, I think that from the skill set that he carries and just the you know the tangibles, the athleticism, he could be a good fit in Green Bay. Athlete, physical player. And I found this little nugget on Pro Football Focus. He took the second most press coverage snaps in twenty nineteen. Um so from that standpoint I think he could be a good fit. And then the penalties that you're referring to, he gets gets a little grabby. And we've seen we've seen Josh Jackson struggle with that during his rookie season. He led the team in penalties and I think I think he had eight and five or six of them were holding just from getting grabby once he got beat. But the 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 skill set and the you know what you what i could see the packers looking for in a cornerback are there but if he has to come in and be a player in 2020 he's obviously going to take his lumps but as we've already mentioned they don't necessarily need him to right away at least on the outside
2: yeah you just
0: you just, just fix that problem by putting boxing gloves
2: on
1: him right mark <laughs> there. there you go isn't he a wasn't he a good re, re, return guy at auburn as well wasn't he a uh, kick returner point returner? i didn't see I, that in the- I don't he, he might have been. I didn't. I didn't see that attached to him, but he it's I possible. I, I thought he was. I, I thought I read where he's a pretty good. Not that Packers. They did resign Urban, which was good. So you know, you know it's not necessarily a need, but you never. Have, you know, injuries do happen.
2: Yeah, they do. They do. And if we want to stay at Auburn and we want to talk about Davis, Javaris Davis, he ran. He's faster. He's got really good speed, and and his instincts are okay. But. I think the biggest thing with him is he doesn't have the ideal size. Mark, you mentioned certain metrics, certain teams want a certain size guy, and then he also isn't isn't the most willing tackler. So I don't know if those two things would necessarily, you know, exclude him from from fitting in with Green Bay. I don't know what your thoughts are on that.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I mean, again, um, uh, yeah, he doesn't. I don't think he fits the Packers at all. Mainly cause you said because of the size and physicality. Yeah, I don't. And again, in another year, another time, would we'll let there's other corners that just fit fit better. Anything on Davis
2: Paul? Ah, uh, no, I didn't I'm not as familiar with him. So
1: I like the next guy though.
2: Well, the next guy depending on how your list is is framed <laughs> according to mine, my so the <laughs> next guy that I've got is is if you're are we talking about the fighting Irish?
1: Yes.
2: Troy Pride, with a name like Pride, you have to assume this guy is probably going to come in with a little bit uh, and he runs really well. He ran a 4 four forty. So, Mark, I'll turn it over because it's, uh, you know, he's, he's, the book on him is pretty good. He's just not listed as one of the top corners in this draft, maybe because it's just a deeper class.
1: He's not as big as, I mean, they list him at five. I don't know what he measured at the combine. The, the, the numbers I have is 5 11 mm-hmm. um, But he can run. He ran, he ran a four. I think he ran a 4 4, right? 4 4 at the combine. 4. four. Um, I mean, he, you know, again, I don't think he's going to come in and be a number one guy, but he can play. I think he can come in and play for you right away. Uh, he's a senior, so he's, you know, he's played. He played four years for the for the Fighting Irish. Um, uh, again, I, I think he, I think he could. I, I wouldn't mind the Packers getting him, and and you know, when it went ninety four, if he's there in the third round, I wouldn't take him much higher than that. But, um, and again, if we're looking at History Packers have taken a guy out of Notre Dame, both of Guten years, right? They took St. Brown one year and Dexter Williams another year. Ah, you're right. So he likes
2: so he, that, so he likes that program. I don't know. To, uh, the, the only other question I have for you, Mark, before getting Paul's take, is do the measurables on a player change? as you get into those value spots in the fifth and sixth round. So for example, if you're going to draft a guy in the first round, he bet he has to be X tall and X yeah. pounds. But if you're drafting him in the fifth or sixth round, sure. We'll take a corner that's under six feet.
1: Well, they took Alexander in the first round.
2: Sure. And Jair's a, you know, he, he, no, he plays bigger than his size. So
1: that was a good pick, but yep. that was a surprise pick because that didn't fit the quote unquote, you know, Packer size limitations. So, and I think pride like again, I think pride's is pride might be bigger than Alexander, isn't he? Or about at least the same size.
2: Uh yeah, because Alexander I thought was was just short
1: of five eleven, wasn't he? So they're about the same. About the same. Um again, I, I wouldn't mind Pride being if, if he's there wherever, I, I could live with him. Paul, any thoughts on Pride?
0: Yeah, he is, uh, it's a cliche, but he looks like a track star out there. He's just super fast, and obviously that's going to benefit him in man coverage. And if he's beat initially, he has that makeup up speed. Um, one thing I noticed with him, though, the, an area of improvement is kind of his ball skills and plays on that. Um, when I was watching him, there were a few times I kind of stood out where he was, you know, he was sticky. He was all over the man in coverage, but the pass was still completed just because he kind of lost track of where the ball was or, or uh you know misplayed it. So I think that's an area that he can improve on, but I mean if he comes in in the 3rd or 4th round for example, um he yeah. has the the skill set that you're looking for and then obviously that's an area that you work with and improve with on him, but he has the he has the pieces there that you that you want and you can turn into um a, a cornerback that contributes. He doesn't he doesn't show up on the stat sheet a lot is what
2: I've what I'm seeing on him and and it's hard to teach a guy to Elevate his mental game from college to the pros, and have the light bulb go off once you get to the pro level when it didn't necessarily in college. But you know he's he's got a good head on his shoulders from what I see too. So it's possible. And he went to a you know a school known for smarter guys, Mark. Yeah, I and,
1: and, and the stuff like I said, you know, like Paul, he he's a tractor, He can run. And another thing, if we're looking at what what the Packers have done recently in the draft. They like speed. Mm-hmm. The guys they've drafted, I mean, even Gary, I mean, they, what, what they liked about him, he's, he's for a guy his size, he runs very well. The three receivers they took now, you know, more didn't pan out at all, but he could run. Um, you know, Valdez Scantling can run. St. Yes. Brown can run. Holman, last year, six round corner, he can run. They like speed. I don't, I mean, they're not going to take, I, I, I think they've given up the height requirement as much as they look now for. If you don't run, like a, if a corner doesn't run a sub four or five, I don't, I'm not sure that their Packers are looking at him. And this guy runs random running a four four, so he could be a guy. Sure.
2: No, absolutely. And then as far as the rest of the list, there's a couple more guys on it, Mark, but they don't necessarily fit what I think is the profile. Unless you feel like we should talk about any of them.
1: No, I don't like any of them. I mean, I don't, I don't think any of them are going to
2: be Packers. So. so at that point, you know, I mean. The only the only other thing to do would be opine in, in maybe in what round that they go and it's you know that's probably a futile conversation to have at this point um, you know as far as corners go, um they uh, you know I, they they need to stock the cupboard for sure Paul I don't know if you have any thoughts on on that as far as a, a round or a spot where you like them to take one or.
0: Yeah. um, I just want to get to one other player. I just want to get Mark's thoughts on it. Uh, Jeff Gladney out of TCU. Um, I know that he's a name that you see on the, you know, in the mock drafts and from the draft analysts out there, that's kind of a borderline first, second rounder in a lot of those. So I just wanted to see if that name was brought
1: up at all um,
0: with the person that you reached out to just because he's a common name.
1: It's funny you bring him up. I'm glad you brought him up because that's the one guy. And again, he liked 14 guys and I, Mentioned Gladney, he went. That's the guy I don't like. Huh. I don't know. I, again, he he didn't elaborate. I kind of laughed when he said that because you know, but um, he just said no. He doesn't think he said you know he's a matter of fact. I'm I'm doing a thing for Packer Report where I do a, the top and I do overrated, underrated, and, underrate it, and he, Gladney's going to be my my most overrated. He just doesn't like him. He said he's just not. He doesn't see him as a guy that can come in and play right away. Um, again, you know, it could be a Big Twelve bias there. You know, there's the old adage that you don't draft defensive backs out of the Big 12 because they don't play defense in the Big 12. I don't know.
0: Paul, any thoughts on him? Do you like Ladney? Um, he's someone who has – he has the, the numbers or the production. I saw I looked up. He was targeted over 230 times and allowed completions under 50%. Um, but what I also noticed is that um, he's kind of struggled in the press man and he might be better suited as a zone cover. Uh, cover corner, so even you know that it's not obviously not necessarily a very good fit for the Packers from that standpoint. um I don't have any particular strong feelings on him one way or the other, as in pounding the table to get him or that he's overrated. But it is interesting to hear
1: that. I just wonder. I I'd be worried about a guy that was. I mean, that's pretty good that he allowed only fifty under fifty percent. But why was he targeted so much? That means teams went into the game saying let's throw at him. Right.
0: That's a good point. It is. <laughs>
1: All right, well, a
2: very meaty conversation about a position group that really has been kind of under the radar, and so I want to thank you guys. This was a good one. It'll be a, a fun one to listen back to, and now I can say, or since we're not swapping every other week, that we will all be back again in one week, one week from today, and that'll be the final Saturday before the draft begins, so we only have one more show of opining and guessing before we'll have some actual substance <laughs> to talk about, which is great, right? Um, yeah. so, uh, Can't wait. Yeah, exactly. Cannot and
1: wait. Week, that's when everybody starts lying next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we,
2: maybe we can talk about that. You know,
1: you'll hear stories that oh, this oh, this guy no, he he's he's fall oh no, or you know, this team's definitely taking a running back. Or you know, this, 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 all the lies come out next week.
2: Well, in these quarantine times, if you're on social media, all these lists keep getting posted, and one of one of the popular ones I keep seeing is. Uh, here's a list of nine truths and one lie try to find the one lie so I don't know maybe we do a show that, that's based around something like that I <laughs> have no idea but been a good week definitely a good round we'll do this again one week from now Thank you gentlemen uh, for those of you who celebrate out there for what it's what it is happy Easter we'll see everybody next week and as always go pack go.